On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. It is Tuesday, October the 19th. Ian Cameron, Andrew McGinnis with you, and Jimmy Murphy momentarily as well. We're back with you. The Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network Tuesday, October 19th, and an 11-game NHL card uh, on tap uh, tonight. And We will break down every single game from a betting perspective. Uh, Alex B. Smith uh, not with us today. Appointments galore for him, so he'll be back tomorrow. Uh, with us on the show uh an isolated tnt doubleheader tomorrow uh on the wednesday card that's it uh so it'll be a good show in terms of we'll be able to really get into those two games break them down in depth uh on the show uh tomorrow uh andrew uh, some shows especially the shows where we have you know lesser games like tomorrow we'll we'll recap tuesday's games a little bit at the beginning of the show but this is a big card that we're going to get right into it with the uh Tuesday slate. Uh, so we will start uh, this uh, show off with the uh, first game in rotation order. Dallas Stars, Pittsburgh Penguins. We've got Pittsburgh uh, minus 125 home favorites, five and a half the total uh, across the board here. Uh, I don't have much of an opinion on this game uh, at all. You know, I'm actually for a bigger card, not going crazy in terms of peppering the board tonight. Uh, I'm going a little lighter volume than you would think, believe it or not, for an 11-game card. And I'm not involved in this one. I mean, Dallas, just in theory, is not a team I'm looking to back early in the season. Uh, this is a team I thought maybe uh, could find themselves on the outside looking in as far as the playoffs are concerned. And when you look at their first few games, I mean, outplayed by Boston, they lose 3-1 to one on the weekend. Uh, they barely beat the Rangers 3-2. to two, And uh, I thought for the good part of that game, the Rangers played better uh, than the Dallas Stars did. Uh, and then over the weekend, they lose 3-2 in the back-to-back situation against the uh, Ottawa Senators. So uh, you look at this Dallas team, and I've, you know, I played against them on Sunday, took Ottawa uh, as a home underdog. You know, it's a team that I think is going through uh, a little bit of a, a transition period. I think they don't know if they still want to be, you know, a Western Conference heavyweight and a contender and go push for the playoffs and really tear the thing down. If they have a bad year this year, I think they will be because you look at uh, the older players on the team like Ben Sagan, Pavelski, uh, among others. You know, I think it's going to be uh, tough to see uh, if they're going to keep this group around with a disappointing year. Uh, we'll see how they fare here against Pittsburgh. And to be honest with you, I got to give the Penguins just an absolute ton of credit uh, because you talk about all they've been through without Crosby and Malkin to begin the season. They did get Jake Gensel back uh, a couple of years ago, but uh, they've played a good, solid, sturdy team game, uh, and they've played and they've paid the uh, dividends of it. Uh, we've seen them, of course, beat Tampa in their opener, uh, rally back to against a very good Florida team to tie that game before losing in overtime, uh, and then they uh, handed it to uh, the uh, Chicago Blackhawks on Saturday. They did not treat their former goaltender, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, very well. 
uh, in that game. Three goals early, and they win 5-2. to two. So to be honest with you, I'm impressed with Pittsburgh, and I'm impressed with the way they've defended. You know, the Tampa game st- stands out Lynn, on opening night where they just didn't give the Lightning much of anything. So uh, maybe an under here, if anything. Five and a half, the total. Dallas, you know, played a couple low-scoring games against Ottawa and Boston over the weekend. I think Pittsburgh's trying to play a little bit better defensively uh, in the absence of Crosby and Malkin. So I'm not involved, but if I had to throw out a lean, maybe under five and a half for me. Andrew, any thoughts here? Stars, Penguins. I definitely have a lot to learn with this Dallas Stars team. You know, from what we've seen so far with them, I think it's pretty uh, from a small scale, you know, not looking at preseason projections or dating back to last year, looking at just what we've seen this year. Uh, obviously the Bruins are a tough competition and we'll get uh, Jimmy's thoughts uh, here soon, but you know, that game against Ottawa told us a lot. And uh, I wasn't on with you guys during that, that show, but it sounds like you guys liked Ottawa there. And I think that most people that were involved in that game, I hope they had a piece of the dog um, if they're playing the side and, you know, I'm not going to be looking to, uh, you know, play big numbers with the Dallas stars this year at all. But the good news is in this spot, we don't really have one. And I don't want to go against Pittsburgh. They're playing well. The stats are actually just magnificent when Crosby and Malkin aren't in for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's actually quite impressive. You know, the way that they've been able to rally around when Crosby was out individually or Malkin was out individually. This team has always had those missing pieces, um, you know, just kind of pop out of nowhere. And I got to give credit to a few different guys. Dan Heinen is one of them, Ian. Start of the year, I don't know why I was ripping this guy. I, I said that I don't think he would be that, that top-line guy. He's scoring goals left and right, creating chances. Jeff Carter's looked pretty good. Um, and throughout this lineup, we've been able to find some goal scorers. And I just like the Pittsburgh Penguins as far as their puck possession goes. They aren't a team that's constantly racing up and down the ice, which is what actually can help you with an under. Um, so I'm with, I'm on the under tonight. I like this game. Uh, this isn't, you know, this isn't a big play for me. This is just kind of my thoughts on this game in particular, where I would go. Um, and I actually might lean more towards the first period here, Ian. Just looking and based off this Pittsburgh team, they've played pretty well so far. But again, the big thing for them is defensive hockey, you know, protecting their own end. And you can actually get plus 100 at some spots. I'm looking at Pinnacle at under one and a half goals first period, the Stars and the Penguins. And you know it's going to be the bread and the butter uh, for the Dallas Stars. They are not going to win high-scoring games this year, so they'll be most comfortable, I believe, uh, with these low-scoring games. All right, there you go. Liking the under as well in this one. And we've got our guy with us, Jimmy Murphy, uh, back with us on the show. He's got go. If you're watching on YouTube, you can't see it (laughs) on the podcast, but if you're with us live on YouTube as we're doing this show, he's got go Red Sox in the marquee uh, beside his Twitter handle. So why not? Uh, pump your chest out a little bit if you're a Red Sox fan right now. Uh, Not over yet, but we're thing. getting there. Yeah, I know. It's 2-1. Long series. They're a good team, Houston on yep. the other side, but long way to go uh, in that series. But and Liverpool here too, boys. It's a yeah, big day for me here. I'll tell you All what, right. Jimmy. I'm a Jays fan, as you know, but, man, oh, man, it's been fun betting on the Red Sox. Yeah, my money's been on them. Betting and the overs in that series. Yeah. I've been on the overs in every game in that yeah, series. Yeah, and even the overs in the first few innings, too, eh, guys? In the first three and the first five have hit, I think, almost every game. So, yeah, uh, yeah, keep riding that. Oh, yeah, I'm back on it. T- I don't care that it's 10. Uh, Granky hasn't pitched in forever. Uh, Pavetta, you know, is not exactly a shutdown pitcher no. uh, by any stretch. of the. Both of these good lineups, which are mashing the ball, have seen these relievers now multiple times in this series. It's not game one anymore. It's game four. You've seen the good relievers on both sides, so you know what's coming. So I think that's advantage lineup and advantage hitter on both sides. So there you go, a little baseball uh, 
opinion <laughs> right there uh, on the ice, guys. But uh, Jimmy, good to have you with us. And uh, sp- speak first of all, since you uh, didn't weren't with us yesterday in Andrew's grand return to the Ice Guys crew, just talk a little about how good it is to have our old friend Andrew McGinnis yeah, back, be back with, with you daily. Guys. Yeah, no, it's great, man. You know, I I was thinking about uh, our time Andrew and I spent at Porter's Pub uh, the other day uh, before Bruins game. I don't know. That must have been, what are we going on, two, three years now, Andy? Yeah, three years ago, I think. Crazy. Yeah, that was a while Crazy. back. Why didn't they play in the Leafs, right? Yeah. Yeah, the Leafs, Leafs got game. destroyed. Yeah. Leafs got yeah, destroyed. Yeah, so that was, that was a, uh, a fun time, but it's great to have you back, man. And I, I think it just adds more to the arsenal that we have here, obviously, you know, and I, I thank our viewers as well. I mean, it was a great year for us last year. So now having Andrew back will make that even better. And uh, I'm really looking forward to a great season, guys. Yeah, absolutely. And the great thing now about four regular full-time members on the crew and on the show here is, you know, we'll be interchangeable. You know, like yesterday, there's no Jimmy, but that's all right. We had me, yep. Andrew, and Alex. There's no Alex today, but we have me, Andrew, and Jimmy. So there you go. Uh, you can always get a good uh, a, a, a option you got a versatile uh lineup i guess you could say on it you got to be versatile depth. Just like we have a depth core depth. great depth core <laughs> yeah, we do we have a lot of depth here uh, at the jimmy end. it's good to see you man good to be back here's man good to see you buddy all right there we go all right enough with the niceties we got work to do uh <laughs> jimmy what do you think here of this first game uh dallas pittsburgh well, guys, Dallas just seems like they just need to get home. I mean, they they look tired. They look, you know, they've got some injuries as well. Obviously, Klingberg, the biggest one there. And uh, it's not that they played poorly. I I think on this trip, I think they've scrapped. And I mean, look, you look back at that game that I covered last Saturday, uh, the season opener for the Bruins, uh, that they won three to one. I mean, guys, Dallas was in that game till the end. And you know, Jeremy Swayman, I thought, did a great job there. That was you know, kind of had a playoff feel, just kind of a shutdown game going on on both sides and each side just waiting for that one break. And the Bruins got it when DeBrusque uh, found some some empty space in the middle there and got in a slot, a slot and buried that one time in there. I mean, you know, that was the type of dirty goal it was going to take. He just had to get to the front of the net and hope it gets past the goalies because both guys are playing great. I thought the defenses are great. And I think that's kind of been the MO right now for Dallas is they're just, they're relying on that goaltending. They're relying on that defense. Uh, I don't think they've really found their opening to sort of shine their offensive skills right now. So I'm going to keep looking at unders with these guys right now. I like the under in this game. All right. Liking, uh, we all like the under in some form here uh, in this one. And by the way, you're right about the injuries. It's Klingberg on the blue line. It's Jason Robertson up front who basically last year, if you watch Dallas, he went from barely able to crack the lineup to a top six role to a top line role yep. last year. And a guy that in 51 games had 17 goals, 45 points. Yeah, they're Dallas pretty high on him coming in this year. No question. And they might be without him again. He hasn't played yet this year uh, for the Dallas Stars. And uh, doubtful to miss this game tonight as well uh, against Pittsburgh. So they miss him badly, especially when you know you may not get Sagan to chip in for you every game. because he's. I was just going to bring him up. I, I thought he was invisible against yeah. the Bruins the other night. I, yeah. I didn't get to watch the next game. I was watching the Patriots Cowboys then, but I, I did not, I was not impressed with him at all. And I thought usually, you know, he comes into boss and he gets pretty revved up after playing there. Uh, but yeah, he was invisible to me and they need him to step up. He's healthy now. No excuse. He's, he's got to get going. I think something has to be said about even just the past year or two about how much pressure is on just a couple guys on each t- certain teams and, and, yeah. and how much it's hurts them. Yeah. I mean, look at last night, Matthews has eight shots. A lot of them could have gone in, but you know, a lot of these these teams, they know which players are getting the attention. They know which yeah. players to, to look for. 
you know, so I think that a lot of the teams that do well early in the season are the teams that a lot of defensemen don't know who to mark or who to look out for. Yeah. And on that note, guys, the guys that maybe the, the odds makers aren't looking out for, and you want a little sleeper goal pick. I look at uh, Glenn Denning guys. He scored one Saturday uh, from all accounts. I was talking to somebody with the Ottawa organization who were really impressed with the way he played on Sunday. So I look at him to a guy who could jump on and probably get some great value. He's uh, he's had a hot hand lately. You know, Melissa, who's in our chat right now and a Penguins fan, she's on to something with this little flyer goal scorer prop she's mentioned in the chat here. Drew O'Connor, uh, anytime goal scorer, plus 525, scored in the other night against Chicago. He's had the five shots on goal in the two games that he's played against Chicago and Tampa uh, this year. Three points, one goal. Uh, he's making an impact. You know, for a guy that's only playing on the fourth line, he's playing with Boyle and Simone. Uh, on that fourth line for uh, the Penguins and still been able to contribute offensively. And that's why they've survived without Crosby and Malkin. It's not only the team defense, it's guys like Brian Boyle, Dominic Simone, Bluger, McGinn, O'Connor, Aston Reese chipping in, uh, Danton Heinen. Uh, we talked about him. Andrew did earlier, uh, playing a lot better than he thought. Now asking him for top line responsibility, but he's lived up to it. Uh, so far for the uh, Penguins playing with Carter and uh, now Gensel back. Of course, he's been back the last two. So there you go. Drew O'Connor a little. Uh, I don't mind that one at all, especially at the price. Plus 525. He did score the last game. Uh, San Jose, Montreal. We've got Montreal minus 150 home favorites. Five and a half, six the total. So this is one of those split totals. Some books have five yeah. and a half, some have six. So make sure you shop around. Look for the best number. Again, 11 game card. Games I don't have a strong opinion. I'm not going to go into too much detail. Uh, brevity is becoming more of a, a focus for me this year uh, with some of these games, especially <laughs> the ones I don't have an opinion on. And I don't have an opinion on this one. I'm not ready to lay this price with Montreal and a winless hockey team, but San Jose, no, uh, I'm not backing them either here uh, in this game. I, I know they came back to beat Winnipeg, but uh, the Jets basically, that was more the Jets, I think, screwing up, playing poorly than it was San Jose playing well. Uh, you know, for Montreal, though, this should be a game where if they're going to snap the skid, get things back on track, it's tonight. But it's just I'm stopping short of doing that, though. We're talking minus 150 now. If you got in it early, minus 135, a little better number, but minus 150, going to leave this one alone. Jake Allen, or, uh, yeah, Jake Allen is confirmed uh, in net tonight for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Aiden Hill uh, will be in net for the uh, San Jose Sharks. So I think this is the spot for Montreal to win. I'm just not going to get involved. Uh, Andrew, any thoughts here with your Habs trying to get back on track here against the Sharks? Yeah, Ian, well, you and I were talking, I think, uh, yeah, pre-show uh, about, you know, teams frustrating you. And this isn't just about them being my my favorite team. Uh, just kind of when you bet a team a couple times and then you don't want to go back to them. And I think it can be a, a, a big mistake that a lot of people make is that you can get frustrated you know, losing a few times on one team and then you step aside and go away from them. And then that's when they win. And you're like, well, why didn't I stay on for one more game? And I, that's kind of what I'm feeling right now with the Montreal Canadiens, because last couple of games, I thought there were some pretty good spots. Uh, I thought we had a generous price against Buffalo, you know, so, you know, looking at some of these games that they've played, the expected goal numbers actually haven't been that great for them. They haven't really been getting too much, but a lot of people don't realize that even though it's a lot of the same players, it's actually a, a lot of different line combinations, a lot of different, you know, fumbling around these lines. And this is the first time we're going to see Mike Hoffman. Uh, we've got Brooks. Uh, it, it's Gallagher, Hoffman and Brooks on the sharing the same line now. And I expect to see them do really well. 
Anderson plus 275 is a goal scorer I'm looking at and I'm giving out here on the show today. He actually has been the number one expected goals and Corsi uh, numbered for, for the Montreal Canadiens by far. And, and I want to make it very clear to people because he doesn't have that many shots. It doesn't mean that it, it's that many shots he's had because, you know, that means actual dangerous scoring opportunities. Um, so Josh Anderson at plus, plus 275, I think is a really good number uh, for him to get on the board. I'll be betting that tonight. But I'm on the under six here between these two teams. You know, I, I think the Canadians, when they when they succeed, it's when they go back to the old-fashioned uh, Montreal uh, style of hockey. You know, I think you and I spoke prior to the season. We both thought Montreal would be an over team. They have some talent, kind of a, a loose end on the back end right now, some injuries. But when they get back to protecting the puck and protecting the guy carrying the puck and supporting him, that's how Ducharme wants them to play. And uh, I, I feel like the Sharks, as messy as they can be sometimes, First game on the road, I always say when you're on the road, first couple of games, you want to play defensive. And then later in your road trip, like when they play the Senators or the Leafs, is when things start to get messy. So I like the under six here, and I'm also on uh, Anderson, Josh Anderson, to score a goal at plus 275. All right. And yeah, Jake Allen, 2.05 goals against, 925 save percentage, but 0-2 because lack of uh, run support, to use the baseball term. Uh, that's been the issue uh, right now for him. He's played well enough, more than well enough, but... The offense a little bit spotty early in the season. First week, though, uh, it's just funny to hear Sportsnet. On, I have to say this, Friday night, they're, they're burying Montreal already. They're saying uh, reality setting in. It's reality setting in. It's three games. It's three games out of 82. I mean, uh, yeah, it's worrisome. Uh, but are we panicking or saying it's over now? I mean, I don't think so. I think just be, just be lucky you aren't watching Leafs lunch with uh, O-Dog Jeff O'Neill because – <laughs> he's the biggest closet Habs hater I've ever seen on the media. And, and I'm so happy when the ha- when the Habs beat them after they were down 3-1. I find it takes bad. a lot more for the Montreal Canadiens to get compliments from Canadian media than, say, uh, other teams. I mean, it's just we're going to find every little flaw Montreal has <laughs> and talk about it. Uh, well, that's why I, I call I, Sportsnet Rogers Leafsnet, not yeah, Rogers Sportsnet. There's some truth to that. There's some truth <laughs> to that. Why, why do they give Chris Cuthbert all the Leaf games? You know, why, do they, why does Chris Cuth, why do we have to have, uh, he's a great broadcaster, of course, he's amazing, but we give our top broadcaster, we make sure he's there for every single Leaf game. We don't put him on every Jets game, every Flames game, every yeah. Canadians game or Canucks game. No, but every Leafs game, we're going to send our top play-by-play man there. That tells you that they favor the Leafs. Come on, it does, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? San Jose, Montreal. Well, what I'm thinking before I get to that, guys, is I don't know about you, but I, I think you two right now are proof that when they had those localized divisions last year and they had the Canadian division, that it did generate some more hatred and, 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 and maybe even rivalry <laughs> there. Uh, I Definitely. like, I like, I like this bitterness going against the Canadians and all, all the other Canadian teams in that too. I love it. I'm not up there, but I, I lived there for two years. I know what it's like. And I'd say guys, I think one of the reasons maybe that the rest of Canada doesn't like the Canadians would probably be more political, right? Because they probably can't stand the, uh, the government in Quebec, uh, and all the stuff that goes on there. So I don't know if that's the case. That's just a guess for me. But anyhow, guys, I'm with Andrew in this. I love the under in this. And it's funny. I know the first game wasn't a perfect example of it. But, you know, uh, a friend of mine, a colleague of mine who runs San Jose Hockey now, Xing uh, Peng, he wrote a great story when they brought in Aiden Hill in San Jose about how a lot of teams were really trying to get Hill and get him to sign because I guess he is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, goaltending analytic darlings uh out there right now so that's something to keep an eye on maybe there are going to be some more low scores than usual or than we saw last year with the san jose sharks and 
you know, as you listed, Andrew, all the issues that are going on in Montreal, Montreal right now, not a lot of confidence scoring. Uh, they, they're, they're down and out right now. They're going to be scrapping. It's not like they're coming out loose and they're going to take scoring chances. So I think this is going to be a tightly contested game. I love the under in this. And I also like a draw on that note too. So give me the draw and the under. Right, liking the draw at a nice plus price, Jimmy, and the under uh, in this game. And uh, let me just look back on it. I want to I want to d- verify this uh, regarding, uh, of course, talking about uh, Aiden Hill and some of the numbers uh, that uh, have been attracted for you know analytical. Uh, well, you knew what I was talking about, eh? I, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm looking at the, this year's. There's not enough of a sample size this year, uh, to be honest with you, to look at that. But let me just look back at uh, last year. We'll do a search. I got a query. I've got eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Aiden Hill last year, goals saved above, like his goals against was 2.42. His save percentage last year with Arizona was, uh, or sorry, 2.74 his goals against, 9.13 save percentage. Yeah, he's oh, playing eight. for Arizona too. It's all yeah. a bad team. But his goals saved above average was 5.31, plus yeah. 5.31. And that's an advanced stat that is really, really a good uh, evaluator of just how good the goaltender actually is. It, yeah. it, it, it factors in how shaky the team is in front of him. It, it's, it just really factors in the, the, the quality of shots, the high danger chances, yeah. the high danger shots. You watch the team defense too, guys, on San Jose. Yeah. I watched that first game. I know it was a 4-3 game, but I'm just saying they're taking a different approach. And you know the yeah. coaching staff and management there know they don't have the best of teams, so they, they need to make up for it with just buying into a system whether it's boring or not, whether fans are going to like it or not, that's the type of approach the San Jose Sharks are going to take this year. And if, and to Jimmy's point, uh, you know, anybody that goes playing from the Arizona Coyotes to playing for anybody else but them <laughs> is a pretty like, – I mean, look at Connor Garland. I keep on talking about him because I did a little bit of media stuff with his junior team, but he's going to absolutely love Vancouver. You know, you're not in Arizona. You know, it's a happy day. You know, it's, it's red panty night in your yeah. household. You know, so it's, I think it's huge. It's like Linus Elmark leaving Buffalo and coming to Boston, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like a release from purgatory for some of yeah. these guys. Yeah, <laughs> I want to ask you guys, I know we got to move on. It's a big slate, but I've had people coming at me on Twitter and I, I've been kind of debating with people. What do you guys think, especially about the Canadians, about fumbling around lines? Because I'm the kind of person, I'm and, and fan and, 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 and handicapper, I don't like lines just constantly being changed like jimmy are you with me on that like people immediately call for ducharme's head if they have one game of no chemistry i'm a huge fat huge guy where it's like you have to give it time you know don't 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 have this guy on it with a new guy every single night do you guys agree with that yeah go ahead jimmy i, I would i i don't know but i mean i definitely i think especially in the beginning of the season you got to be yeah. a little more patient you can't jump all over you need to you need to give things time uh, as, as guys come back together and form chemistry, you got mm-hmm. new players coming in. Sometimes I, I think it's okay in game though, to do that. I, I don't mind it in game yeah. as much as I do game by game. Yeah. For me, it's situational. Like if I, if I'm a coach and I put a line together for a game and they barely have the puck, they don't generate a goddamn thing and diddly squat takes place offensively with that line on the ice. Uh, then maybe, maybe at that point I'll change the very next game. Right. But if they don't score, but I'm seeing them with the puck, I'm seeing them hem in the opposing team in their own, in their own zone. I'm seeing some chances. I'm seeing them, you know, move the puck well, have good chemistry, uh, get some good opportunities on net. Even if the puck doesn't go in for them that night, I'll keep them together if I'm a coach for at least another game or two. It's really dependent. Like if they do absolutely nothing, 
They're invisible. They're not making an impact on the game. They're consistently getting outplayed uh, by the line that's out on the shift that they're on. Um, yeah, then I'll I'm make a you. change. Yeah. Like Defoli up on the first line tonight, right? Defoli up there with Suzuki and Caulfield. I'd like to see that stay for at least a little bit. You know, don't don't give up on it if Caulfield's not getting a shot attempt in the first 10 minutes of the game. You yeah. know, I think right now the best line is Juwan, Dvorak, and Anderson, and they aren't going to drop it. But with Hoffman, Brooks, and Gallagher being together, I really, especially in both Hoffman and Brooks' first game, I don't want to see them go away from that. You know, don't don't go away from it after one period, you know? It bothers me. Yeah, exactly. There's some uh, coaches that even after just one bad period, here we go, the blender is out and all the lines are juggled uh, once again. So some lack patience, definitely, yeah. uh, in that regard. All right, we got the Seattle Kraken and the New Jersey Devils. New Jersey minus 145, uh, home favorites, five and a half the total here uh, in this game. Uh, this is another one where from a side perspective and from a totals perspective, I'm passing on the game. Uh, Seattle gets absolutely thumped uh, by Philadelphia last night, and I don't – like obviously they're going to want to play better, but you know, that home game, that first home game looming for them Saturday night against the Vancouver Canucks, uh, the franchise's first ever home game in Seattle means I ain't back in Seattle tonight. Uh, no, because that's definitely something where it could be already in their heads. We're going home uh, to Seattle for the first time after this game. Uh, and I'm definitely not uh, exactly uh, interested in backing Seattle, given this spot, given this situation, uh, and uh, look, uh, it was a rough night for a uh, group hour. And look, that game, Seattle actually had a great start. First five, 10 minutes, Seattle's actually carrying the play. Uh, they've hemming in the flyers in their own zone. And Carter Hart, for all the struggles he had last year, and I don't think he played well against Vancouver, he made an unreal save mm -hmm. when it was no score in the first 10 minutes of that first period. And then a minute or two after that incredible save by Carter Hart, it was off to the races. Uh, for the Philadelphia yeah. Flyers, bam, one nothing, bam, that, yeah. two nothing, bam, three nothing, uh, and then the game just uh, got away from that point for Seattle. So give Hart credit, a timely, big time save, highlight reel save when it was still scoreless, and then see uh, Philadelphia truly got some momentum uh, at that point uh, in the game. As far as New Jersey goes, they've actually only played the one game this year. It was Chicago, uh, where uh, they were leading. Chicago furiously rallies to tie the game. And it ended up being the Jack Hughes show on Friday night. Just an outstanding performance, kind of backing up what I said in our preview shows before the season. This guy's going to have a good year uh, for the New Jersey Devils. He got better last year. He gets two goals in the first game for the Devils, including a dipsy dangle overtime winner, making Chicago look foolish uh, <laughs> in that 4-3 uh, overtime win uh, Friday night. Um, I kind of lean first period over tonight, one and a half. Just the first period, Seattle sluggish on the back-to-back. New Jersey, I think, offensively more than capable. It could slow down after that, uh, but definitely I would lean over one and a half in the first period tonight uh, between the Kraken and the Devils. I might have a small bet on it. I will be on Jack Hughes shots on goal and Jack Hughes to score a goal once again tonight. I took it against uh, Chicago on Friday. This is a player that I had circled coming into the year. We're going to take some player props with him, shots, goal score props, and again, uh, that stands out like a sore thumb to me tonight uh, in this game against Seattle with just what he's generating, uh, the confidence that he's clearly playing with now compared to two years ago when he had pretty much no confidence and still much a much younger player. And look, we haven't seen the big adjustment yet with these uh, props for Jack Hughes. You can still get him north of plus 200 you know, to score a goal. I mean, you've got Nico Hishier, who's been half the offensive player that um, 
Hughes has been lately for the Devils at a better at a better at a worse price at a better price. Or, or you can get Hughes, I should say, at a better price than right. each year. I know what you're saying. I know yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can get Hughes at a better price than each year. And right now, Hughes is the much more impactful offensive player for the Devils. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Hughes plus 210 goal score. Absolutely. Or absolutely do I like that one yeah. uh, tonight against Seattle. Andrew, any thoughts here? Seattle, Jersey. I'm with you on the shot prop for uh, for Jack Hughes. I've got it locked in. Uh, what was the number I got here? It was two and a half at, uh, yeah, minus 110. Minus 110 is what I locked in. So it was two and a half minus one. I'll tell you guys, that number will not be there uh, later in the season or even in a few weeks, at least at the minus 110 mark. So, you know, it, it might seem a little bit um, square, so to speak, picking kind of the hottest player in that team. Uh, you know, the guy had a great game last game in their first game, but he's going to get his shots. Whether they're quality or not, he's going to get shots on goal. And, and I've been saying to people these days, um, you know, these shots on goal props, unless you're limited, cash the exact same and the money spends the exact same as a total or side wager. Uh, and that's my favorite play on the card for tonight. But I do like your first period over. I'll say this, Ian. It's kind of an interesting thing for, you know, kind of my theories I look for because later in a road trip, I always look for overs. You know, last night I was on Philadelphia, happy with that play. Nice to have a winner like that. But I like to look towards overs late in road trips. Problem is, I like to look for overs but maybe not after you get thumped the way the Kraken got thumped. You know what I mean? I might not want to look for a team to be involved in yet another game like that, you know, because let's be honest, the coaching staff's going to say, hey, boys, clean it up, you know, and, and that's probably the last thing they want is to be involved in a goal fest. So uh, I can definitely endorse year one and a half first period versus the full game, because even if this has a fast start, it might slow down. But uh, Jack Hughes over on shots. Let's Let's get it done. There we go. Like in Jack Hughes over shots on goal. I'm going plus 210 as well for him uh, to find the back of the net as well. Jimmy, uh, Seattle, New Jersey. Yeah, I think, you know, the uh, initial steam for the Kraken has run out and they just want to get the hell home by this point is the way it feels right now from afar. So I'm loving the Devils in this. I liked what I saw the other night. I love the enthusiasm there. The great Hughes Selly there was awesome. Uh, I like the Devils in this on the puck line. So give me my first Jimmy puck line of the day here. Devils minus one and a half. El Diablo uh, on the puck <laughs> line. Minus one and a half plus 160 for Jimmy. All right, moving on. Vancouver and Buffalo. We've got Vancouver minus 160 uh, road favorites. This has gone up from a minus 130 open uh, on the Canucks as road favorites. Six the total, uh, shaded to the under. Uh, I, at this price now, I would look to the Canucks in regulation, which is right around even money now. Uh, in this game. Uh, I do like that. That will be an official play for me, Vancouver and regulation. Uh, Credit to Buffalo, you know, 2-0, beating Arizona and uh, Montreal. It's about to get a little bit tougher here uh, tonight against the uh, Vancouver Canucks here. Let's keep in mind, too, Sabres still battling some key uh, absences uh, in the lineup. Uh, It goes without saying, obviously, Okaharu on the back end. Casey Middlestat, who started the year as their top-line center, is out indefinitely. Uh, And it's going to be, I think, trouble a little bit for them uh, offensively, you know. Arizona's been giving up goals and bunches to everybody, yet Buffalo could only get one goal past them uh, in regulation time uh, on Saturday. So uh, taking uh, on this Vancouver team that, you know, I always say if you're focused to beat below average to bottom feeder teams and you're the better team, you can beat that team. I think Vancouver should be focused because now they're looking at a situation here where, you know, they lost to Edmonton. And then they uh, lost, or then they bounced back. They beat Philly, and then they lost, of course, to Detroit uh, on the back-to-back uh, on Saturday night. You know they want to get that second win here. They know this is a uh, a team they should be capable of doing that against. 
Uh, I think Vancouver gets the job done here. We'll roll with the Canucks in regulation uh, at around even money, plus 100, minus 105 is what you can get with that uh, right now. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts here, Canucks and Sabres. I'm going to pass here. I might look for an in-game opportunity. Uh, I'm going to going to be a, a viewer of this game, see how the pace starts out, and uh, make my wager that way, honestly. Uh, I'm a huge road trip handicapper, uh, homestand guy, and uh, it's a great spot for, um, you know, to start fading the Sabres. But, hey, uh, the Canucks have, have competed in some games start the season off, but uh, they are on that road trip. And um, I made it clear. I'm, I, I like the Canucks. I have them to make the playoffs at plus 175 this year. Um, I might look at a team total for them for tonight. But uh, as for right now, I actually don't have anything locked in, and I don't want to give anything out that I haven't bet myself. And it looks like Brock Besser, at least last I looked, he looks like he's going to be making his debut tonight for the uh, Vancouver. Could return uh, on Tuesday. Not for sure yet, but they're going to look at. But he's, he's trending toward playing uh, for the first time. Uh, this season tonight for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Jimmy, Canucks, Sabres. Yeah, I'm same here. I'm passing on this game. I mean, I can't figure two things out. One, the Vancouver Canucks, and two, how the heck the Buffalo Sabres are 2-0. and all. So uh, I, I think that this team right now is fun to watch. Thankfully for Buffalo fans, that Buffalo Sabres team, but uh, the Vancouver, I mean, hands down on paper is a better team. This this game just doesn't have any attraction to me. It's a, It's a little scary, to be honest. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, so a pass for uh, Jimmy here with the uh, Canucks uh, and the Sabres. I'm just trying to find it right now because there was one Vancouver player that I was uh, looking at here for uh, shots on goal and for uh, goal score prop tonight. It was uh, it looks like uh, hold on. It's Buck Colson. Yes, I was Buck Colson. I'm telling you what this guy is capable of making things happen here for uh, Vancouver. Uh, if he get, plays that top six forward role, again, I love those situations for props. Shots on goal and goal score props for players that are moving up in the lineup and going to get more uh, responsibility. And Pod Colson's had to play in the top six forward group uh, the last few games, and he's been moved up because he's made things happen. So uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, he might be tonight. He certainly will be uh, if Besser uh, is not in the lineup again. But yeah. keep an Vancouver eye Vancouver off that loss too, eh? Yes. to Detroit, and, and they had a lot of chances in that loss, too. So they're going to have a lot of shots on goal tonight, I think. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I would look toward Pud Coles and value because he's been uh, making an impact here, this young kid for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, so uh, I would look again in that direction for Pud Coles and props. Uh, a good one here. I mean, this should be one, one of the top games tonight. Next up, Florida, Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay minus 125 home favorites. Six the total uh, in this game. Of course, we know the uh, injury once again to uh, Nikita Kucherov, another season where now he's put on uh, uh, IR and they can bury him there and they can try to wiggle through the salary cap again. You never know uh, with this uh, Lightning team. But yes, lower body injury uh, for Nikita Kucherov. Don't have an exact timeline, but it's not going to be short term. Not a day-to-day -day thing, said uh, John Cooper. So uh, obviously he's going to be missed. You know, he's one of their best offensive players. Uh, next to a next to you know Braden Point, Stamkos, Palat, you know he is right there uh, as right there with them and as one of their best offensive players, difference maker, power play, uh, everything he does for this team uh, offensively going to be missed here in this game. Let's give uh, Tampa Bay credit because the Pittsburgh game was an abomination for them. They didn't play well at all. They didn't show up flat as a pancake against the Penguins. They didn't play well against Detroit, but they escaped with a victory there because they rallied back in the third period to win it and then won in overtime against the Red Wings. Very fortunate Tampa Bay to win that game. But they played a much better defensive game. 
Saturday night in a victory in overtime against uh, Washington. Uh, we'll give them credit for that. They fell behind one nothing, but it was a better game from Vasilevsky, a better team defensive game from the Lightning after you know kind of being shoddy in that regard against Detroit, uh, and they get the win two to one. I like Florida here at a small plus price. I do. I've been very impressed with the Panthers through two games. They beat the Penguins. They beat the Islanders. Their offense is humming. Sam Bennett, you got to look at him. Goal score, prop, shots, anything. Sam Bennett, we talked about it last year with this guy. You just got to get out from Calgary. Get away from that team. That's a team that's not been uh, playing well up to their talent level, underachieving the last couple of years. Problems galore on the ice, off the ice with that Flames team. You get out of there and you're going to end up having a much better go of it here in Florida. And he's been really, really good for the Panthers, really ever since they got him uh, at the uh, trade deadline last year. And uh, look, I like the way the Panthers are going. They're going to go to Spencer Knight for the first time this season uh, in net. And look, Bobrovsky's played well enough in the first couple games, but I'm always happy when I see Spencer Knight in net because I think he is the real deal uh, in between the pipes. You also have Tampa Bay coming back. Uh, from the road where they played their last two games against Detroit and Washington. It's not like it's a long trip and it's early in the season. So it's not like it's a huge, you know, bet against spot returning home off a trip. But I just like the way Florida is playing. And from a Panthers perspective, you think they're going to be uh, amped up for this game, playing the Lightnings for, uh, in the regular season for the first time since last year's first round series loss uh, in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, Tampa Bay, you're, you're, it's definitely uh, a reduction in the price. We're not used to seeing Tampa Bay minus 125, you know, at home. So I, there's people I'm sure that'll see, hey, there's some value here on the Lightning, but there's no value in ripping up a losing ticket. And to me, I think the Florida Panthers come out here and win this game tonight. So uh, I like Florida here at the small road underdog price. Andrew, any thoughts here? This would be a good one. And look, this game could be rough. This could be physical. There could be some fights. There could be a lot of penalties because there is a lot of bad blood. If you watched any preseason games between these two teams, uh, they were going after each other's throats and looking to uh, with some nasty intentions. So uh, this could be a chippy affair tonight between these two teams, but you wouldn't have it any other way. This is one of the better budding rivalries going right now uh, in the NHL. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts, Florida, Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's awesome to see. I mean, you think here in Canada, you think uh, Toronto, Montreal, even uh, against Jimmy's Bruins there, uh, Montreal and Boston or, you know, Edmonton, Calgary, those rivalries. Well, this is a rivalry in its own. And I was saying this earlier today that Florida wasn't always this good, obviously, guys, right? So this rivalry wasn't really able to exist. But now that they're good and they compete, these two teams go head-to-head and, you know, crack your beer, sit back in your chair, and get ready for a rock'em, sock'em game. You know, you're going to have a good time watching. Uh, and those are the games I don't always try and try and find a bet on because they're such, clo- they're such close games. But in this one in particular, I'm right there with Ian. I like the Panthers here. I just think that it's such a situational thing that you just can't ignore. I mean – Besides the the fact that Tampa Bay has done really well at home against these guys, I, I really just think it, it's such a spot where you look at a Florida team that they're kind of like that little brother that you know keeps making the B team and the other brother keeps making the A team. They want to get up there and, and and make the A team as well. They want to get up there and be in that same classification as a Tampa Bay Lightning. And where does it start? Well, it starts early in the year. It starts early in the regular season, and I kind of feel like that's what we're getting here is a good number, good price. I'm a huge Spencer Knight fan. I think he's great. He's the future uh, of this team, goaltending-wise. So I like it. And uh, Kucherov, he can kiss my ass going back on the IR. I mean, <laughs> the comments that he made ab- about uh, about the Canadian fans last year, taking his shirt off, no wonder he had so much energy sitting out the whole year. Anyway, 
That's my that's my uh, that's my take. There you go. Uh, by the way, I'm looking at it right now too. Uh, you've got a significant. I mean, you've got the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning uh, high in terms of uh, high danger chances for and against. They've got a minus uh, negative differential, and you look at expected goals percentage. I mean, Florida 51 to Tampa 42. So there is a distinct difference between these two teams. That tells you Florida's two and zero, but they've been full marks for the two and zero. They've played well, very well uh, in their two games. And like we're seeing, we're seeing Tampa Bay sort of glide their way into the season. And like I say, and Alex has said it multiple times, talking about the Lightning on this show already. The multiple Stanley Cup runs, mm-hmm. you know, uh, taken a toll on them. And this is a pace yourself kind of team right mm-hmm. now here in the month of October. This is not a balls to the wall. We're going to expend a ton of energy here early in the year. We're, we're, we're taking this season as it comes here for us. And as you can see, they have, they've not played anywhere close to an A game. I guess Washington was uh, their best game so far this year, certainly defensively and for Vasilevsky. But you look at it, Washington's a, a pretty good team. Detroit's obviously still rebuilding below average. And Pittsburgh had a bunch of guys out. And they're, they're a good team too. But Florida's better than all of them. This will be a test here for Tampa tonight. Jimmy, what do you think? I'm with you guys. I, I'm, I'm definitely, I've been on them before the season and I'm on it now. That Florida bandwagon is getting crowded. So get on it early <laughs> because you're not going to get value as this season goes on uh, and people catch on how good they are. I love them right here. And I'm actually going to do another Jimmy Pupcline in the reverse mode, boys. Give reverse. me the Panthers minus one and a half to go in there and spank their in-state rival. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Andrew rejoining us here on the uh, Ice Guys show permanently full-time yesterday. Uh, just a reminder that, yes, Jimmy loves the alternative puck line uh, every now and then. And normally it's got Jimmy puck line on the marquee there, and there's a reason for that. He loves the puck line bets. And look, extra value, too, if you take those uh, type of bets. So he's going with Florida here. Alternative puck line, which is plus 275. For that puck line payout here uh, yeah, on the Florida that's Panthers. A sweet price. That's I'll tell you, Jimmy, my goal this year, I said to Ian yesterday, my goal in the NHL season this year is to not lay the prices, you know, not lay this big. And, and you do a good job of getting rid of that with regulations or puck line. Nobody yeah. wants these minus 140s numbers because you lose, that's 1.4 units, you know. So yeah. I got to yeah. respect it. Jimmy's always looking for that plus money. And if you lose, you're only losing one unit, not, you know, 1.6. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Should be a good one there. Florida, Tampa Bay, Colorado, Washington should be another good one. Minus 120 uh, road favorite, six the total. Again, we mentioned this with Minnesota Anaheim last Friday. If you want to watch Colorado, Washington tonight, it's ESPN Plus exclusive and it's only on ESPN Plus. Uh, so be aware of that tonight. It's a nationally televised game, ESPN Plus exclusive game. And I feel good. Are you sponsored by them or something? (laughs) It's just that's the way to see. Like, it's not going to be on center ice or any hockey package you have or anything like that. It's it's only going to be on that. So uh, that's why I don't want to hear people DMing me. That's why I'm trying to avoid this nonsense (laughs) where 50 people are saying, can't find this game, can't find this game. It's because it's on ESPN Plus. There's a bunch of these games this year that are exclusive to them. And by the way, happy for a good broadcaster. He was wanted to call hockey forever, but now he can because it's on ESPN and he'll be calling the game tonight. Bob Wischusen has been a play-by-play guy for a very long time. Jets football, uh, college football, college basketball on ESPN. He's a huge hockey fan. He's calling the game tonight here, Avs and Capitals for uh, ESPN. So good for him. He's a good hockey fan. That's what I'm happy for. The hockey fans, they get to finally call this sport, this great sport, now that it's on uh, ESPN. Uh, should be an interesting game. The big news, of course, is Nathan McKinnon's back uh, for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. I'm sure they're excited about that. 
uh, going into this game tonight, taking on this uh, Washington Capitals team. Uh, obviously still without Gabriel Landeskog, but and Devon Taves, probably their best shutdown defenseman as well. Uh, we'll see how uh, Nate McKinnon plays first game back, but obviously it's a boost. Just getting him to play uh, alongside uh, Rantanen on that uh, top line uh, is going to make Colorado all that more dangerous. And look, Colorado beat Chicago without McKinnon. I like the resolve against St. Louis. Look, they made that very, very interesting and made St. Louis sweat uh, at the end of that game Saturday night before falling uh, just short to the uh, Blues. But, you know, now they get Nathan McKinnon back. Uh, definitely a boost to this Colorado team. Uh, the money's come in on Colorado here. I don't disagree with it. Uh, obviously, you're not getting the best price right now, but uh, I do think they get the boost uh, from uh, having McKinnon back. Washington, to me, uh, 2-1 loss to Tampa Bay. Actually, Washington's played all right so far uh, this year. They had a good game against the uh, Rangers uh, in their opener. But I'm really wondering here, Ilya Samsonov is going to make his uh, season debut here uh, for the uh, Washington Capitals and net after Vitek Vanacek uh, got the first couple of games. And this is a guy that down the stretch last year was a lot more up and down. Uh, hasn't played hasn't played a lot lately, of course. Hasn't gotten a lot of time in, in between the pipes for the Capitals. So just how sharp is he going to be uh, tonight in net for Washington? I think it's a bit of a question mark. So uh, for me, it's a, it's a smaller bet for me, but I am on the Colorado side here in that minus 115 range. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts on Avs caps? Well, I mean, I just feel like that typical hockey better that's just like, hey, you know, big player back in the lineup, sign me up, you know, walk me to the window. But uh, I already like this team. I already like that even even with Landis Gog out, they've got a bunch of guys around their team. Heck, I mean, even some of their defensemen are like fourth forwards every now and then. These guys love to jump into the rush. And uh, I, I think that the thing with the Washington Capitals, they're a big puck possession team, you know, and maybe some would disagree with that, but I don't think they're a up and down the ice type of team. And if you look at the uh, average age per team in the league, Washington's quite a bit up there, actually. Um, so they don't want to be racing back and forth. They want to, you know, maintain possession and get their shots that way. Um, Colorado's the exact opposite of that. They are an up and down, up and down style of hockey team. They'll catch you in transition. If you make a turnover, they'll get you up the ice. And I got in at Colorado minus 115 here. Um, I was excited to see McKinnon in, and I want to make it very clear uh, we don't want to have too much COVID talk on here, but let's be honest, it's part of the handicapping now. He was asymptomatic, right? He does not have any symptoms. Blake Wheeler, he's announced out he has symptoms, but Nathan McKinnon did not have any symptoms. He's vaccinated. He, he was feeling fine. Uh, he gets on his own plane, test negative. He's with them. So um, there were some people worried about his uh, fitness level and all that kind of stuff. Look, the guy was away from the team for maybe like, half a week or a week. He was working out all, all summer. I'm not worried about Nathan McKinnon's fitness level. You know, I think he'll get back out there, slot him right there on the top line and get the job done. And I think that uh, looking at some of the defensemen they have, we can go down the list. I've said it before. I'm kind of worried about how they have too many defensemen that are all the same. You know, Jimmy, back when I was on with you guys before, Jimmy was, he put put us on Kale McCarr. He told us how great he's going to be. Uh, and, and we've seen it. And Justin Barron, he's a player that's moving it up uh, with the Avalanche, he'll be playing with them soon consistently. He's from the Halifax Mooseheads. All these players, the the Avalanche are drafting defenseman-wise, they're all, you know, puck-moving defensemen. How many stay-at-home defensemen do they have? Not that many. But I feel like in this game alone, it benefits them. Their speed will be too much for the uh, Capitals, and uh, I'm on them. And I'll probably be on McKinnon shots, too. Uh, I don't like just having all these shots and goal-scoring props from just the best players, but a few spots tonight that it really lines up. 
I don't, I don't argue with that, but the guy I'm really looking at for Colorado is uh, Nazem Kadri uh, right now for this Avalanche team uh, from a shots standpoint and goal scorer prop tonight in this game. I mean, he has been, he's upped his game offensively. And I know he's had to because of McKinnon being out. And then, of course, they were also without Landeskog Saturday against St. Louis, but the results are there for him. One goal, three assists, four points, uh, six shots on goal for Kadri uh, in just two games played this year. Uh, so he's been getting, he's been firing from anywhere. He's been yeah. looking for his offense, even though he's a great two-way center. Uh, he's and face-off guy, penalty killer. He plays in all situations, but he's been looking for his offense uh, early in the year. And six shots, uh, three points. Uh, he's gotten a couple of goals already. So Kadri shots, Kadri goal score prop for me uh, tonight in this one. The one goal, three assists, four points, uh, and again six shots on goal. And Burakovsky as well. I'm interested in him at least to score a goal tonight, potentially. He's moving up to the top line. He's going to be that left-wing uh, player on the top line tonight for Colorado next to McKinnon and Rantanen. And, you know, when you get a boost, and not only do you get a bump to the top line, you get a bump there now with Nate the Great coming back uh, from uh, his absence. Burakovsky's going to be the beneficiary, I think, of that. So Burakovsky, to look at him, shots and goal score prop as well tonight, piquing my interest. Uh, what do you think here, Jimmy? Colorado, Washington. Yeah, guys, I think great points by all you guys there. And I, I'm really looking forward to this game. I mean, I think this is going to be a heavy rock'em, sock'em type game. Uh, you know, these are two teams that I don't, I'm, I'm kind of down on Washington, but you can never rule them out. I mean, you never know what can happen with them, obviously, with Alexander Ovechkin. So it's a marquee matchup you could see. Later in the season, in, in the playoffs, in the final, you never know. We, I've always been wanting that as a Stanley Cup final matchup, I'll tell you that. But I think it's going to be a great one. Looking forward to it. And I'm going to go with the, uh, as you say, look for a little value here. And I'm going to take Colorado in regulation uh, to take this one. I'm seeing maybe a 3-1 type game. That I think it's really going to be tightly contested. Not a lot of room out there, uh, but I think they pull away late. There we go Jimmy, for a little what, extra value. What did you guys think about McKinnon's comments on media day? I mean, I, I absolutely love it. I mean, I, I really think, and I'm, this, I'm biased being from Nova Scotia, but I really think that a lot of Sidney Crosby's rub, rubbed off on him. You know, he looks up to Crosby. I, I didn't hear. I didn't hear his comments, Andy. Well, well, he's pretty much just you know people are kind of kissing his ass always, right? The media guys interviewing him or other players, and he's just like, I haven't done anything. You know, like he like he doesn't that. give a shit about his awards he's won or. Oh, he's not an individualistic thinker. No, he's yeah, a yeah, he really doesn't care. Him. He wants and team success. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like yeah. I've watched a lot of stuff, a content with Crosby and McKinnon together. And if you guys see them sitting next to each other, oh, it's like freaking track. Yeah, McKinnon yeah. tries to be like Sid. He's looked yeah. up to him. It was his. It was his like role model for so long. And now they're buddies, you know. And it's. I just think personally, it's kind of cool to see, you know, how great he is. And the media players will list off all these things. And he just looks at them like, you know, we lost last year. You know, he's like, we didn't do anything. He, it, it, I just really like that. And you guys remember the first time he ever really kind of showed himself and showed some personality was when that reporter, the question he asked, and I'm sure, Jimmy, you remember the, the dumb question that reporter asked, said he swore on in the interview and he's like do you ever yeah, just I remember decide you say, he works for our company <laughs> yeah 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 he said he said do you ever adrian just say from colorado hockey now yeah, yeah it's uh that's uh regret for adrian i'll put it that way everyone screws up yeah i know and i feel bad for him but i and mckinnon's answer was just like what <laughs> yeah well i think that's everyone's reaction was I, yeah. my first reaction but i can vouch it and i believe him he, he, yeah. he did tell me 
I, I, I thought Adrian was hammered or something. I mean, that's, yeah. that's just I mean how what are you doing, doing, man? It's like, geez, but, yeah. but he's uh, usually the, very good. He's actually the thing is with, with Adrian, just to you know, just to give him a little credence is that the guy's been through a ton of back issues lately and waiting on a surgery, and then they did it, and then it, it, this was right after this surgery got botched, and he was in even more pain then than he was before he did the surgery. And he just has not at that time was not sleeping because of how bad his back was. So he was pretty fatigued and in a cloud. But I mean, I, I don't know what else he was thinking. Jimmy, was I wasn't like, trying to bring anything bad up. Oh, no, I, I, I think I didn't, even, I didn't I, even need you to bring that up. <laughs> oh, I think McKinnon's I, McKinnon's uh, response to that, though, was the best. He's yeah. just like, <laughs> yeah, he was so what? thrown off. Yeah. It yeah. was just hilarious, man. It was <laughs> that was that was one of the great clips there. It was like uh, yeah, that was one the, of the uh, clips playoffs. of the playoffs, so, man. It was unbelievable. He was like totally. But yeah, I'm with you, man. They, like, he's. It, it's interesting. I mean, I, I kind of always make this mistake in my head, and I was thinking about it as you guys were talking. I'm like, no, wait a minute, it's Landis Cup. I don't know why, but in my head, I have McKinnon as the Avalanche captain. Hmm. I just it, it, for some reason it's just supplanted in my head, even though he's not technically the captain, but. I think that's why, because he is just becoming a Sid clone uh, when it comes to leadership and handling the media and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's Too no bad question. Brad never learned from Sid. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Brad has turned it around. I'll tell you. That. I know. He's, He's a great guy. He has. Of course, when you're younger, you're always a little wilder. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've met him. I've met him a few times. I, I I think he's a great guy. I know you like him too, Jimmy. I was just yeah. Making a joke. Yeah, he's matured for sure. I mean, I, I knew him when he was coming in the league. He's one of your favorite Bruins to cover. Yeah, I, I, I gotta have some believe good stories it. about him that we could get into another time. <laughs> yes, definitely, no doubt about that. Uh, we're gonna get into the rest of the card shortly. Uh, we got to mention our great partners, sponsors, DraftKings. Uh, right now, uh, not only the official sports betting uh, partner of the NFL, but now the NHL as well. DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, official sports betting partner of the NFL and NHL. Uh, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. Uh, if you're in a state that doesn't have DraftKings Sportsbook available to you or you're in Canada, don't worry. You can play DraftKings Fantasy for huge cash prizes all season long uh, with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. Uh, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with the first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. All you got to do, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with the promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Official sports betting partners of both the NFL and the NHL must be 21 years of age or older. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. All right, we move on. Next game, Columbus-Detroit. Detroit minus 125, home favorites. Five and a half the total in this one. Uh, Detroit, I said I'd be looking for good plus money spots to back them. Look, they could be 2-0 and right now. Uh, they should have beat Tampa Bay. They let them off the hook, Denny Green style. Uh, and they lost in overtime, 7-6. Uh, uh, and then they did bounce back with the... Uh, uh, against Vancouver with a very solid performance. Thomas Grice, really strong in net for the Red Wings that night. Um, so we'll see how this one goes. But uh, now you're talking about Detroit laying a price 
uh, and I'm not re- really ready to do that uh, at this point in time. Uh, Columbus, you know, maybe they're feeding off the tragedy that happened to the Matisse Kevlenics over the offseason, but they pummeled Arizona. Uh, solid overtime win at home against Seattle in their second game. So uh, playing better. And sometimes these teams like Buffalo, Columbus, you don't expect them to be good, but they start off strong. They, they don't know they're supposed to be bad right now, and they're not playing like it. So I, I would only like look toward Detroit, but I'm just not ready to lay a price with them uh, just yet. So it's a pass for me here. Andrew, what's your thoughts, Detroit, Columbus? Sorry, Jimmy. Uh, or, sorry, Ian. Uh Look, uh, when I look at this team, I, I just kind of look at the the odds. This is a simple value game for me. I'm not prepared and ready to bet a number like this with the Detroit Red Wings. And I don't think either of you guys would be either. I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but, um, you know, look at the way this number is, has turned. You know, we all know it's, it, it's, a, it's a work in progress. This is a team that has a great GM, uh, great prospect pool, but... I'm going to ride Columbus out. You know, I think it's a decent price for them. I, I think obviously they've looked strong so far, both defensively and offensively. And, you know, you hate to bring up stuff like that, Ian, but, you, but you're right, you know, and, and that definitely kind of stemmed an emotional start for their season. Great goaltending. They got to, you know, who, who wouldn't want to start their season off against the Buffalo Sabres anyway, you know, or, or was it, sorry, the Arizona Coyotes, yeah. you know, so who wouldn't want that? You know, I, I'd love it if my Canadians started off their season against the Coyotes. Would have probably been a better result. Um, you know, so I think they'll roll in here against the Detroit team. Detroit feeling good about themselves after that 3-1 win. Maybe we'll get a different story tonight. So uh, not a huge play for me. Not not a you know big player by any means. But uh, I'll tell you guys, I'm going to look to back Detroit when they're you know underdogs or or bet on some overs with them this year. Lots of talent with that club, but uh, mm-hmm. you won't catch me going minus 130 with the Red Wings right now. Yeah, uh, de- definitely. Uh, just not ready in this price range to back Detroit, even though I do you know, I, I do think they're going to have uh, good spots to back them. Uh, they could finish better in the standings potentially than Columbus, but let's not sell, sell Columbus short. They're off to a, a 2-0 start. What do you think here, Jimmy? Columbus, Detroit? I'm with you guys, same. I'm going to pass on this as well for all the reasons you said. All right, we move on to Winnipeg and Minnesota. Home opener for Terry Edelman's Minnesota Wild. Minnesota minus 150 uh, home favorites here. Five and a half being the total uh, in this game. I am on over five and a half in this one. Uh, I've I've just, you know, the Jets have generated quite a bit uh, of offense, not finishing to the level we think. Uh, I think eventually that's going to turn a bit. And and right now, Connor Hellebuck uh, in net for the Jets ain't himself. You know, he's not had a great two games so far this year against Anaheim and San Jose. Uh, in those two games for the Jets. Of course, they have the lead against San Jose. They can't hold it. Uh, Very surprising. And look, uh, now you got to play a Minnesota team that at home, they got a little more punch offensively, you know, than say uh, Anaheim and San Jose, uh, who the uh, Jets played in their first two games. Obviously, it's going to be a great atmosphere. XL Energy Center, you know, Minnesota usually uh, plays great hockey at home. I'm definitely not going against Minnesota. And I've had my fill with Winnipeg now. Uh, the last two games against Anaheim and San Jose. Uh, let's let's wait to see them put it together. Let's wait to see them have a good game both ends of the ice before we back them again, which they have not been able to do yet. So in this game, I'm not involved in the side. I would lean Minnesota if I had to, but I'm going to go over five and a half here. You know, we got this team in their home opener here, the Wild. I expect them to uh, fire uh, a lot of pucks toward the net, toward Hellebuck. 
Uh, dare him to st step up and play better than he has in the first two games. And on the flip side, you look at the Jets, even though uh, we're looking at a situation for them where Blake Wheeler's out, people might react. Maybe you react two years ago. Right now, you don't react as much. It's not the same Blake Wheeler. It just isn't, you know, especially offensively. So it's not like the Jets are powerless to do anything uh, offensively uh, without Blake Wheeler on the ice. You've still got Shifley, who should be more comfortable now, second game back from suspension. I like Pierre-Luc Dubois' start to the year. He's been more, uh, you, you notice him more uh, out there. Kyle Connor's always dangerous, goes without saying. Nikolai Ehlers, uh, you know, looking to keep his great run going. He had a terrific season last year. So I think Winnipeg will find the back of the net a little bit, and certainly I believe Minnesota can as well. So we'll go Jets wild over five and a half. Andrew, what's your thoughts on this one? Initially, my thoughts are just that I don't like the odds in this game. You know, I think it's priced correctly uh, from both teams. But, uh, you know, I get what you're saying. But uh, this is the kind of one of those things where it's an eye test. You know, I know a few people that kind of just started handicapping the NHL a couple of years ago or two years ago, really. Um, one of them, he's actually from Ireland. He's done very well, Kevin Dolan. And uh, he he's, he's, works at Wager Talk. And uh, one thing that I, I think that's great about when you don't usually cover a sport, it's kind of like me with the Korean baseball uh, when the pandemic was going on. You don't have any bias, right? You have zero bias. You're using the eye test. And I feel like if you're using the eye test right now, you're wondering what the hell's going on with the Winnipeg Jets, you know? What's going on with uh, with with Hellebuck? You know, I'm, I, and I'm not saying we all should sit here and overreact to everything that happens in one, two, three games. Whole point is a lot of these odds are based on what we think is going to happen, not what has already happened. Um, so, you know, I, I don't have a big play on this, but I'm on actually a different side as, as Ian. I actually like the under five and a half here. I think we get the best game so far out of Hellebuck. I thought Cam Talbot looked great. And although Minnesota had plenty of chances in their last game, and I was complaining to Ian pre-show about how that game should have been, you know, a lot more goals for the Wild, I think they want to be a team that protects the puck, maintains possession, and, you know, isn't involved in these track meet games. So I'm actually on the under five and a half in this one. All right, under five and a half, uh, Minnesota and Winnipeg for Alex, uh, for Alex B. Andrew McGinnis. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, what do you think here? Minnesota, Winnipeg. What I think here, guys, is, yeah, I mean, Winnipeg is kind of an enigma again, and I think mean, it's been the case for the last couple of years, and it's already started now. And, yeah, they've had some huge injuries, obviously. But uh, I, I don't like this game right now. To be honest, guys, I don't have a really gut feel on it, so I'm not going to give any advice on it. If I was gun to my head to make a choice, I would actually go with Winnipeg because I think they, they really want to get off the snide here and, and, and turn things around. Um, but it's going to be a great game either way, and I'll look forward to watching it. Yeah, should be interesting one for sure. Los Angeles and Nashville. Nashville minus 140, home favorites, uh, five and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, the Nashville Predators, 0-2 uh, uh, to begin the uh, season. Uh, and I can't say I'm that shocked, uh, to be honest with you. This is a bet against team for me coming into the year. And I've already faded them twice successfully. Uh, Seattle, the Kraken, got their first win in franchise history against this Nashville team last week. I was on Seattle, took Carolina on Saturday uh, against this Nashville team. And, and again, uh, Carol, uh, Nashville falls uh, again. They're right in the games four, three, three, two. It's not like they played terrible, but right now there's just, there, there's a little bit of an issue right now for this group. And their issue is their penalty kill still not good. It was terrible last year. Their defensive play still not good. And it wasn't good. And it fell down last year as well. 
Uh, definitely, I think the LA Kings are a team that's kind of going up, and Nashville's the team trending down here. I like the Kings at a plus price. You know, it's not scary anymore to play in Nashville. You, you don't fear this home ice. They've not had a good uh, home record as good as it was a couple years ago when they were in their heyday. And, and I just think this team's just on a downward trajectory, and I'm already seeing some very concerning signs that UC Soros, who at times was just lights out for Nashville, when they took games, they ended up being a team that was just, Soros was on top of it, and he was outstanding and lights out in net, and he's not been exactly that level uh, through the first two games here for the uh, Nashville Predators. So that's something to monitor, and if they don't have him playing like A-plus level hockey in between the pipes, I think it's going to be even more difficult for Nashville. I can't trust Johansson every game. I can't trust Duchesne. There's some advanced numbers and, you know, Corsi Fenwick, you know, driving the play, those kind of statistics for Philip Forsberg that also point to his play declining. And if that happens as well, then Nashville's really in trouble. Then who on earth can you count on other than that young Finn uh, who's played well for them, Tolvanen uh, up front uh, for this Nashville team? It really becomes uh, shaky in terms of where they go for offense. If you can't rely on Duchesne, you can't rely on Johansson, and you're going to see the play continue to decline a bit for Forsberg. You know, it becomes a really big-time problem. And uh, for me, I like a bunch of things, not only the Kings side. Someone in the chat's on the money here, Jarek, with Arvidsson playing his former team, uh, Victor Arvidsson now uh, in, going into this one, member of the LA Kings. You got to look toward him, shots and to score a goal, props. And I'm certainly looking that way with Andre Kopitar. Getting Phil Deneau from the Montreal Canadiens to be that second center means the defensive responsibility doesn't have to all fall on Andre Kopitar anymore. It means it frees him up. He can go out there, look for his offense now. He's got a second-line center that's one of the best defensive centers in the league in Deneau now on this team. And now it's allowed Kopitar, I think, to flourish a lot more uh, on the offensive end of the ice. And, man, is he doing that uh, right now for the L.A. Kings. He's looking like a young in his prime. Uh, on Jay Kopitar. And look, he's clearly showing you right now. He's still got plenty of gas left uh, in that tank, even though he's 34 years old right now. Been a great start to the year uh, for Andre Kopitar. Four goals, three assists, and seven points for Andre Kopitar in just two games. And how about 10 shots on goal uh, in the two games combined? So Arvidsson and Kopitar props for me, and I like LA on the money line as well. Andrew, what do you think? Kings, Predators. Lots of overs for me this year with the LA Kings at the spots he's fit. And uh, I think Nashville a sneaky over team as well. Uh, a team that's going to be turning the puck over, lots of sloppy mistakes, troubling, trouble with their zone exits. And uh, I'm not saying they're going to be a dumpster fire, but I'm just saying that, uh, you know, the old talk about this team being the end-all, be-all defensive team with a rock-solid goaltender is kind of out the window now. And... We all know that betting six and a half over, or even betting sixes can kind of suck sometimes. Five and a halves are where it's at. And uh, that's what I want to look for is find some five and a halves and, and try and make some money there. So um, to use that expression, I, I just think it's a great value. Uh, it's a great number here. And, and with these two teams, we're going to get five and a halves for at least halfway through the year until the Kings start scoring goals consistently. So I think five and a half for these two teams over the total is a pretty good price here. All right, like an over five and a half here. I think the Kings will get theirs. Hopefully Nashville at home at least can chip in uh, as well uh, offensively in this one. Uh, kind of like the way I feel about St. Louis. Like St. Louis, I said I'm jumping on over yeah. five and a half with them uh, early in the year. An improved offensive team, shaky on the back end. Binnington and 
who so their two goalies aren't trustworthy. They're 2-0 and to the over already, the Blues, both five-and-a-half totals, the Colorado and Arizona games. So uh, definitely it's uh, that's my thought with St. Louis, kind of what you're thinking, Andrew, with the Nashville – or sorry, with LA in, uh, in particular, uh, that they could be a little bit more of an over team at these lesser totals, lesser line totals because of past reputation, which is no offense – good enough defense, good enough goaltending, lower scoring hockey team, things may be changing a little bit. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? LA Nashville. Well, I'm just thinking quickly, guys, before I get into this game, I don't know if you see the story that it's all over the place about this uh, plane that was carrying a bunch of Houston Astros fans to come to Boston for game four tonight, uh, crashed this morning, uh, like no right at off. And uh -oh. All 20 no. passengers survived. I mean, then you, there's pictures everywhere of this plane. It's completely oh engulfed in flames stroke of luck that is Mark. yeah so if i'm them i i don't i don't i don't listen to us right now i just go straight to the lottery and play the lottery ticket there no. uh because you are Maybe. some lucky people right now to survive yes. that anyhow guys look i'm gonna keep riding my kings here i i told you i love these guys in the preseason uh you know they're, they're just like Ottawa, one of these teams that's coming they're knocking on the door uh i like the kings in the money line here and i'm gonna do a little alex smith special with the first period over as well all right, there we go. First period over. Uh, Kings and Predators and Kings on the money line. And yes, it looks like someone uh, asking in the uh, chat here. It's our boy Turnsey, one of our favorites, uh, asking about the status of uh, Gabe Velarde. He's going to play on the third line with uh, Arthur Kaliev and Vladimir Kachev. Watch out for Kachev. That guy, I think, is going to be continually improving yeah. this year. That guy's got a lot of upside. You know, can shoot the puck, sees the ice well. Uh, you know, a lot of great playmaking skill from that Russian uh, winger. Uh, Vladimir Kachev, a name to uh, keep an eye on here for the uh, LA Kings. And uh, I think only going to get better this year. Kind of like Drysdale. I mentioned on Twitter after Anaheim beat Calgary last night, that blue liner for them, Jamie Drysdale, that kid's only going to get better. Uh, I already like what I'm seeing out of him. They got a, they got a gem, uh, the Ducks, and him on that blue line. Uh, we'll see if uh, that continues here, uh, if he can continue that the rest of the season. But so far, so good for him. And Kachev kind of feel that he's got that upside as well. Uh, New York Islanders, Chicago Blackhawks. Islanders minus 120 road favorites, five and a half the total. Um, this is one of those games where you would expect, you know, it's 0-3 for Chicago, 0-2 for the Islanders. They're both winless. They both want to bring it tonight. You don't want to let this continue uh, indefinitely. And right now for the um, New York Islanders, 11 goals allowed in their first two games combined. That's not New York Islander type of defense that we're accustomed to. Uh, Ilya Sorokin's had to play the first few games, and he's in net tonight. He's fighting the puck a little bit, although the defensive play in front of him's not been uh, as good as we thought it would be. Um, the power play gave up a couple of penalty kill, I should say, gave up a couple of goals to Carolina. Uh, they're lucky they stayed out of the box against Florida, but the, the five-on-five -five defense wasn't good uh, in that 5-1 a loss to the Panthers and Chicago on the other side, you know, their defense has been poor uh, in the first three games uh, that they've lost four plus goals allowed in all three games to the abs, to the devils, to the penguins. Um, it's a work in progress for them at the back end. And I hate to disparage our Mark Andre Fleury, one of the best guys in hockey, you know, and one of the best teammates ever, you know, he is playing in front of a weaker defense one through six here in Chicago compared to Las Vegas. And is that maybe going to be an adjustment for him? Like he didn't have to face high quality opportunities nightly in Vegas with the Golden Knights that he probably is going to have to face and has already faced in three games this year with Chicago. So I don't know, two teams that are struggling to keep the puck out of the net. The total's only five and a half rather than pick a side because I think the Islanders want to bring it strong tonight. 
Certainly you think Chicago, winless team, home opener. They'll be fired up at United Center, that national TV game, ESPN with uh, McDonough and Ferraro uh, on the call. You know, obviously they're going to be fired up for this uh, game tonight. Uh, Chicago playing at home for the first time. Flurry's first game. Uh, Tyler Johnson's first game at home with Chicago. So I think both teams bring it. But I think in this game, we've got two teams with a little bit lacking confidence defensively. So I like over five and a half with Islanders, Blackhawks. Andrew, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I just think the Blackhawks are a perfect example of, uh, you know, looking at a team and, and, and thinking, okay, maybe this is the game they're going to turn it around defensively. And it's kind of like, again, I know we're early in the season and I know it might sound like I'm overreacting with some of these teams, but I've kind of come under the mindset lately where it's just like, I, I'm, I'm kind of a, what have you done for me lately handicapper? Not what are you going to do for me next game? You know, and they're getting scored on easily, you know, a lot of really kind of amateur level mistakes from their defensemen losing track of guys, um, not handling two on ones properly. Um, you know, so you hate to see that with Marc-Andre Fleury, but it's kind of like the, the joke I made about players leaving Arizona. Um, when you leave Vegas and you go to a team like Chicago, you're not going to have the same huge defensemen that stay at home that are there for you and, you. and you know, you don't have to deal with as many rebounds, shots, deflections, all that nonsense. So Flurry's kind of had a wake up call. Like I'm not in Vegas anymore. I don't have these six foot four defensemen that are absolutely boxing everybody out the crappy goals are going to happen. And for the Isles, it's kind of like I was saying, you know, looking for teams with these five and a halfs that are known for defensive teams that we're going to get five and a halfs with for, for quite a long time. Now I'm right on the over with you uh, over five and a half. And uh, you know, I think we've seen the first period. I think it's two and one for the Blackhawks first period over, you know, this is a team that's going to try and beat a better defensively, but I just don't think they're going to be able to, or at least they won't be able to adjust that quickly. And, you mentioned the word hungry. I mean, two teams that are certainly hungry, and I think it's first to four wins this game. All right, uh, Andrew, like an over five and a half here. I, I could only, I, even though it's the home opener, man, I, I for Chicago, I, I'm not betting the side in this game, but I would only look Islanders, to be honest with you. And it's for this reason. I'm looking at the, the Islanders are still 10 percentage points and expected goals percentage better than the Blackhawks so far this year. And you look at scoring chances against so the Islanders have, you know, they haven't given up a, a boatload of chances, but they've unfortunately not been good in terms of the chances they've allowed. They've given up goals, but still scoring chances against the Islanders have given up 33 uh, in their first two games uh, in the first three games for Chicago. They've allowed 113 scoring chances. That is unbelievably bad for Chicago. 113 scoring chances like they're giving up an average there of almost 40 scoring chances. You just can't win that way uh, if you're Chicago. And uh, that's a problem. And Colleton and that Blackhawks coaching staff, they've got to nip that problem uh, in the bud if they're going to get in the win column routinely. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Islanders, Blackhawks. Yeah, I mean, for everything you just said, I love the over in this game, guys. And I, it is. It's baffling. We don't think of the Islanders and goals uh, for the last few years, but it's just been the complete opposite with them. Uh, their defense looks lost. Uh, you know, they, they've been missing Martin. That fourth line doesn't seem to have that gritty identity that it once had. Uh, I don't know what the deal is uh, with them or with the Blackhawks, but keep riding it until it stops. Uh, give me the over. All right, there you go. Over as well for Jimmy. Final game on this Tuesday card, Anaheim Ducks, Edmonton Oilers, the bane yeah, of Andrew's existence to wrap up the card here, uh, this Anaheim team. Uh, Edmonton minus 270, home favorites, six the total uh, in this one. 
I have a, I actually have a first period bet uh, on this one. I think with Anaheim playing the back to back with uh, Edmonton, by the way, we've seen fast starts, good starts from them. Well, one good start because they've only played the one game that was against uh, Calgary uh, on uh, Satch. Two games they've played, but they've had some good starts uh, this year. The uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, in their two and zero starts, they've gotten out fast uh, in the uh, win against uh, Vancouver, the win against Calgary. Uh, and I think with Anaheim on the back-to-back after the overtime win against Calgary, we could see them maybe uh, give up some good looks early, uh, coming off a satisfying comeback win against Calgary. And I think early in the game, you'll see the goals in this one. Stolarz and Net on the back-to-back as well uh, for the Ducks uh, going into uh, this game. Mike Smith for the Edmonton Oilers actually continues to play pretty well. Uh, we keep waiting for the uh, other shoe to drop on Smith. Hasn't necessarily happened yet, but I think we'll see two goals in the opening period. I don't know about the full game over. I'm not betting a full game over six with Anaheim. I'm just not doing that. Uh, but early in the game, one and a half minus 125 over. I do like that play. I think we've got you know, one, one or two, nothing after the first two uh, period in this game with Anaheim on the back-to-back. So give me Ducks, Oilers over one and a half. Minus 125 in the first period here uh, in this one. Andrew, your thoughts, Ducks, Oilers. You know my thoughts, Ian. You know I'm frustrated with them already this year. Uh, you know, Rightfully so. Pure transparency, guys. Uh, the Ducks have played three games. And, Jimmy, I, I don't think you weren't here earlier to hear this. I had Winnipeg in regulation. I had Minnesota puck line. Minnesota wins 2-1 in regulation. And then last night I had Calgary in regulation. Calgary's up 2-1 the entire game, and they blow it and lose in overtime. So uh, the Anaheim Ducks have not treated me well. You know what that means, Andrew? That means we're getting close to Jimmy Murphy, one-month ban on betting the New York Rangers for you with betting Anaheim Ducks hockey games. But see, that's the thing. That's the thing I was saying to you before the show, though, is like watch watch you ban me, and then all of a sudden they're going to get – of course, tonight and the, then the next week. <laughs> exactly, Jimmy. That's the thing, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's what's tough, you know. But uh, one thing that one thing that I'll say that uh, I've even saying since last year, Anaheim's going to be in under games, and we're getting a six year, guys. Let's not overthink it. Um, you know, I think that if if you like this game, um, you obviously like Edmonton. I think it's a great spot for them. But unless Edmonton absolutely pours it on then, you know, this game is going to be, uh, you know, I think 3-1, something like that, because we have to give credit when credit's due. Anaheim's, they're shitty to play against, you know? Like, I, I, I've, you know, I've never played a high level like this, but I know that all the sports I've played, there's always been that team that you know isn't very skilled, but they're scrappy. And I hated playing against those teams. Growing up playing basketball, playing against teams that could play defense really well, you, you didn't like playing against them because you know they weren't that skilled, but they were they were scrappy. And that's what the Ducks are. And and they play an annoying style of hockey. They play an old-fashioned trap. And I've seen what these teams have been frustrated. Minnesota Wild, I think a defenseman had the puck in their own end. And Anaheim player wasn't even going at them. Do you guys remember a few years back when that happened, the Philadelphia Flyers, when there was a 1-3-1 going on? And they were so pissed because, you know, a Philadelphia Flyer was standing still and no player was going at them. That's pretty much the Anaheim Ducks. It's like the opposite of the flying V. It's like the yeah. defensive V, you know, and and uh, we got to give them some credit, right? They're good defensively. So I like the under six here. I'll probably find some shots on goal props, Nugent Hopkins, McDavid even. McDavid over three and a half is like minus 120. You want to tell me he won't get a few shots on goal tonight? But uh, I like the under six here, guys. 
All right, liking the under for uh, Anaheim uh, and Edmonton. And six, yeah, six, six is very, seems a little bit high for uh, Anaheim. And like I said, I think we'll see goals early, but I think it could uh, maybe uh, slow to a crawl after that. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here, Anaheim-Edmonton? Yeah, I mean, great observations by by Andrew there on Anaheim. I totally agree with the style they're playing. They're gonna they so far appear that they're gonna be a pain in the ass to play against, and we're gonna need to pay attention to that because, I mean, really, guys, if you're betting against them, you're never gonna get good value. So look at those regulation bets. Look at the little first periods. Look at the look at the props. That's the way to go with Anaheim. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna look at this too and say I could see it starting off maybe with a couple goals in the first period, but then it's settling in and them getting into their system and buckling down. So I'm gonna go with Andrew on this. Give me the under six. All right, like an Anaheim Edmonton under six, Jimmy, in this one. Uh, and again, watch out for uh, Jamie Drysdale. Great game from him last mm. night for on this blue line for Anaheim. Sixth overall pick in 2020 draft for the Ducks. And uh, very impressed with his play the first few games of the year for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. All right, that is the Tuesday uh, NHL card. 11 games. It's a massive one. We thank everybody uh, for tuning in live on YouTube. Uh, before we uh, wrap up the show, time for best bets as always. Uh, Andrew, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you like for best bet on this Tuesday card? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, the Kings and the Predators over five and a half. You know, I think it's kind of a hidden game. We've talked about so many great marquee matchups, so many games we think are going to be exciting to watch and physical. But this game's kind of one that slides under the radar. You know, a Nashville team at home, uh, raucous arena. Uh, remember how they finished their last season. It was a great, great note. They were scoring some goals. And I actually really look forward to watching the Kings this year. Drew Doughty said it on media day. He wants to prove the doubters wrong. Uh, no pun intended. I think they'll get the job done. I think they'll be over five and a half. We'll see some goals here early in this game. All right. There we have it. Um, LA Nashville over five and a half. A uh, best bet again is Jimmy Murphy. Best bet. Guys, I'm going to go with that reverse puck line on the Florida Panthers uh, in Tampa there. They give me that as my best bet tonight. There you go. Florida Panthers uh, minus one and a half plus 275 puck line uh, for Jimmy Murphy. Going for some extra value on the Cats. The Cardiac Cats, that's what uh, uh, Goldstein, Steve Goldstein, their play-by-play guy, uh, always calls them when they come back. Cardiac Cats, uh, we'll see if they uh, can finally slay the lightning, at least for one night uh, this evening. Uh, and my best bet, uh, looking up and down the board, I'm going to go with that Islanders-Blackhawks uh, over 5.5, even money, minus 110 available in most spots. Uh, again, you got two teams that are struggling to keep the puck out of their own net right now. Uh, honorable mention to Florida. Uh, that was almost best bet for me, but we'll go Islanders Blackhawks uh, over five and a half uh, for my uh, best bet for this Tuesday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. A reminder, if you can't watch the show live on YouTube, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week on YouTube, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and more. The Ice Guys podcast. Download it if you can't watch live. For Andrew McGinnis, Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Let's have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.